I believe, a couple of days ago, Friday. Um, the title, if you're taking notes, is called Growing Pains. Growing Pains. Anybody in here still growing up? Oh, y'all better tell the truth. Shame the devil up in this place. You ain't here tonight for no reason. Amen? But I want to briefly talk about growing pains. And uh, God, had, God had spoke to me. Oh, that's a cool little slide you got there. Cool. God had spoke to me pretty clearly. I was uh, out in front of the men's home. I believe it was Friday. Um, <coughs> it was like a little after lunch or around lunch. And me and uh, a couple of brothers of mine were outside and we were talking. And um, Brother Ken was, was one of the, the guys out there. And he was sharing about how his wife had uh, been frantically um, upset about their son Micah. And she believed Micah had something seriously wrong with him. And, uh, you know, I'm learning that it's not just uh, one mom, but it's all moms that seriously have a hard time if uh, just any little thing is wrong with their child. You know, they think the world's in for their child. But she was, uh, she was really upset. She was chirping about Micah. Um, Micah was complaining that he was itching behind the knees and he was, he was having pains in his legs and he was, he was having these aches and, and hurting and he kept telling his mom. And so, of course, as a mom, you think the worst you know, you start Googling it, and Google ain't never got nothing nice to say. You know, you type in back pain in, on Google, and now you think you got stage four cancer. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, Google is not the answer. Amen. Jesus is the answer, brothers and sisters. Google just have you tripping, have you all kinds of wrapped up in fear. But, you know, uh, so she, they ended up taking Micah to the doctor, and, and you know, the doctor kind of laughed it off because you got a concerned mother, and you got a young child, and the child's obviously got something going on. And the doctor runs the test, and he comes back, and this, you know, Miss Abby's just, you're really concerned about Micah, and the doctor's laughing it off, and she's like, well, what's going on? And the doctor's like, well, uh, your son's got growing pains, right? And uh, they were saying that, you know, he was itching behind the knees, and he was hurting, and he was having these aches because he was growing. And so how many know sometimes when you're getting irritated and when you're going through some pain and when you're hurting a little bit and you're going through a little something and you're getting taken out of your comfort zone, how many know it's because God is taking you and growing you? And I believe God spoke to me very clearly that day and he said, Zechariah, he's like, we're about to have some growing pains. Amen? We're about to have some growing pains. And how many know in this place sometimes it hurts to grow? Amen? It, it's not easy to grow. And as a Christian, you know, one of the things God has called us to do, obviously, is abide in Him. And the Scripture tells us if we abide in Him, we will produce fruit and we will grow. Even in the beginning with Adam and Eve, you know, one of the, the main things God placed Adam and Eve in the garden for was what? To be fruitful and to multiply. Can I get an amen, men's home? Amen. To be fruitful and to multiply in order to grow. So God has called us to grow. God has not called us to stay stagnant. God has not called us to be in the same place next year by this time. God has not called us to stay on the same level of spirituality with him. God has not called us to stay in the shallow waters like I preached about very briefly uh, not too long ago. God has not called us to stay where we're at in our walk with him, but God has called us to progress, to take land, and to grow in his son Jesus Christ in the knowledge and the grace which is hidden in his son Jesus. So God has called us to grow as Christians. And sometimes it hurts to grow. You know, I, I got a son, you know, my, my brand new son, Lucas, he's uh, five months and a week, five months and two weeks. 
And, you know, we're having to take him to the doctor every other month and every other appointment we got. Uh, we take him in there, and, and he's getting shots. And my wife, it took him the first time, and she held Lucas, and, and the doctor was giving Lucas shots, and she was crying. And now that I'm the uh, designated uh, baby holder during the shots, no longer is my wife uh, willing to hold Lucas during the shots, but I have to hold Lucas. And, you know, it's, it's heartbreaking, and it's hard, but how many know in order to grow up, sometimes it hurts? And, you know, I believe for some of us in this room, God has taken us through a season where he's going to grow us in some areas which we have grown stagnant. And in order for us to grow, God is saying there's going to be some pain and some aches and some trials and some problems that you're not used to. And brothers and sisters, it's going to take us out of our comfort zone. But God's only doing it because he's got something better in the next season than the season we're coming out of. Can I get an amen in this place? You see, God wants us to grow as the body of Christ. God wants us to grow as his children. God says, son you've been there long enough now it's time to go deeper with me and son if you're not willing to take that step I'm here to nudge you along the way and sometimes when God nudges us it irritates us now quit it God I'm fine right here quit it God I'm comfortable right here quit it God I'm good where we're at but how many know in order to grow you gotta change there is no growth without change somebody say change And I ain't talking about the fundraising change you get out on route. I'm talking about real change in your walk with God. Change in your character. Change in your attitude. Change in your conversation. Change in your perception of life. Change in your life. Change. And as a Christian, we got to constantly be evaluating every area in our life and asking ourselves, are we growing? Listen, saints, and it's not just in our outward activities. It's not just becoming more busy and doing more. God is asking us to grow in each and every area in our lives. He wants us to grow in our marriages. He wants us to grow in our spirituality. He wants us to grow in our walk with Him. He wants us to grow in our outreach. He wants us to grow in all these different areas in our health and in our walk with Him and our personal life. God is demanding growth from us in this season. But how many know it's going to bring with it some pains, some growing pains? But we have to continue to grow. we got to continue to put one foot in front of the other. And it's crazy to think about how much change takes place in the human being's life from when they're born all the way up to 21 years old. How much growth, how much change, how much things they go through. You know, each and every one of us, you know, we start around, you know, an average around 20 inches tall. And then the average American grows to about five and a half feet. And some people all the way to six feet, seven feet. And so they become three or four times bigger than when they started. And Christianity is the same way. We start out as baby Christians. Goo goo gaga. Amen. We start out as baby Christians, but we begin to grow and we begin to mature into seasoned Christians. At least that's the ideal thing that we're supposed to do. And you've got to understand, God is never going to bring new growth in your life until you first learn how to handle the growth he's already brought to you. Amen. And we start out as spiritual infants, you know, spiritual infancy. Then we, then we grow into adolescence, spiritual adolescence, and then we grow into something called spiritual maturity. Somebody say maturity. maturity. Where we become seasoned in the things of faith. And growth, what growth is, is growth is transformation in its essence. And transformation takes place when we begin to have application of the information that we have received from God. You see, it's more than being mere hearers of the word, but we have to be doers of the word. And that's when the word begins to manifest in our lives and it begins to transform us from the inside all the way to the out. We have to begin to apply the things that we learn in the kingdom of God. 
Amen. And as I was studying this topic about growing and, you know, one of the things that came to my mind was like a gardener, you know, in a garden. And uh, it, it can really, you know, relate to the scripture in John 15 when Jesus said that he prunes the branches that produce fruit. And I find this very interesting because the branches that don't produce fruit, the Bible tells us that he cuts them and they throw them into the fire. But the branches that do produce fruit, the Bible tells us that he prunes those. And so you're telling me that either way we go about it, brothers and sisters, we're going to get cut. Whether we're producing fruit or whether we're not producing fruit, we're going to get cut. And I'm here to tell you tonight, if I'm getting cut, I want to make the most out of the pain that I'm going to experience. And so the things I'm going through now, I'm going to let them affect me in such a way to where I learn something from them so I don't have to come and get cut in this same area again. Can I get an amen? You see, some of you have been having the same wound cut for years. Because God is trying to get you to learn a lesson. He's trying to humble you. He's trying to get you to catch something. He's like the quarterback going into the pocket. He's been in the pocket for a minute. He's been trying to throw it to you. But you keep messing the route up. Somebody say, I'm going to run the route. God's got a blessing. God's got a breakthrough. God's got a miracle. But you got to do what he says to do in his word in order to receive it and to grow and to walk into the abundant life that Jesus came to give us. Amen. All hail Mary. Amen. We're going up for the long one. And every pass that Jesus passes is a touchdown. Come on, somebody. Jesus ain't going to have you run the route. He's not going to have you go in a certain way unless he's got a miracle headed for you. Amen. You see, some of us, we wouldn't run that way until we had the ball. But the reality was God says, don't just run when you got the ball, but run and have faith that the ball's coming to you. Can I get an amen in this place? So some of you need to keep your eyes focused on Jesus and keep going forward. You may not have the miracle yet because you're not ready for the miracle. You may not have the blessing right now because you're not ready for the blessing. You may not have what you're wanting or desiring right now. It's because God knows you would mess it up and you're not ready for it. So God is telling us tonight, just run the route, son. Just run the route, daughter. Just be faithful. Just be focused. Go where I'm asking you to go because I'm throwing it up to you in the right time. Amen. Amen. I feel like playing football now. <laughs> but we're talking about pruning, man. So, you know, in the Bible, I was reading it, man, and God, he's saying either way you're going to get cut. Either way you're going to go through some things. Either way there's going to be some uncomfort, discomfort. Either way you're going to experience some hurt, some pain. Amen. So you want to make the most of it. And in this pruning process, you know, there's, there's three different things that happen in this printing process. And the first part of the printing process is called cleaning up. And this is where the gardener or the, the person who's working in the, the tree, tree lot, whatever, it's when they clean the dead and the rotten and the diseased stuff off of the branches. So the first thing you've got to do is you've got to get off that junk off the branch. Amen? They cut off what's called the suckers. They call them the suckers. Come on, look to your neighbor and say, I ain't no sucker. Look to the other neighbor and say, hey, you got to stay sucker free. Amen. But that's what they call them. They call them suckers. 
And these suckers on these branches, they got to get them off because the suckers grow straight from the roots. And what happens is these suckers drain all the life, all the sap, all the energy from the roots that the root was trying to send to the branch so the branch could produce fruit. But the branch that's supposed to produce fruit, it's not getting it all the sap that it can get because the sucker is coming straight to the root, sucking the energy, sucking the life, sucking the sap. And God's saying, listen, it's time to get rid of the suckers. Amen. And this is the first part of the pruning process. God gets rid of the dead stuff. He gets rid of the disease stuff. He gets rid of the suckers. Because we can't grow and we can't produce fruit in the way God wants us to if we ain't sucker free, y'all. Amen? Hashtag stay sucker free. Straight from the pulpit tonight. Victory Life in Maybank. If you don't deal with the suckers in your life, right? And see, everybody, when I said that, you started thinking about other people. But I'm talking about the suckers in your life. The things that you're giving attention to and energy to in your life where you could be placing that energy somewhere else in your walk with God. And because of it, the places that need energy and need focus and need your desire and need your full attention aren't getting it. And so thus you're not growing, you're not progressing because you got all these suckers in your life. So you have misplaced energy, you have misplaced focus, misplaced attention, and it's draining you from being able to get a hold of that sap, that life. And we know this is likened unto what? The Holy Ghost. And so God's saying, if you really want to grab a hold of my Holy Spirit during the season, son, you got to stay sucker free. Come on, somebody. You got to get rid of the suckers in your life. Those things that are draining your energy, that are draining your focus, that are draining your attention. God's saying, listen, you got to get rid of those because I'm trying to pour it out. I'm trying to download it in. I'm trying to inject it in you. I'm trying to pour it in you. I'm trying to give you what you need to be successful and produce fruit in my kingdom, says the Lord. But you got to cut the suckers. Amen? And this is the first part of the pruning process. Right? And this all comes with what? Growing pains. Amen? Some people call this discipline. God's discipline. When he begins to discipline you and, 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 and take stuff from you that you want and take you out of your comfort and put a little pain in you in order for you to grow, right? But this is, this is part of the pruning process. And in the second part of this pruning process, they call it thinning out. And there's these, these things called water sprouts that grow directly from the branch. So the suckers grow from the roots. These water sprouts go from the branch and these water sprouts, this is crazy. It, it, at first glance, these water sprouts, it looks like it's good growth. It looks like it's something that's good that should be growing from the branch. But the reality is these water sprouts actually keep sunlight from reaching the branch so the branch can produce the real fruit it's supposed to produce. And they don't grow down, they grow straight up. And so these things grow externally, but they don't grow internally. You see, these water sprouts have the appearance of growth, but they can never produce fruit. You see, these water sprouts is the appearance of busyness or productivity, but there's no real fruit that can ever come from them. Amen? You know, staying busy doesn't mean you're bringing glory to God. Are you with me tonight? Amen or oh me? Amen. I'm talking about fruit. And it's real easy to get wrapped up in gifting, in your calling, in your service, 
and forget that God didn't call me to produce gifts. God didn't call me to produce service. God called me to produce fruit. Amen? These water sprouts, the appearance of productivity, the appearance of business, but there's no growth. God has called us to produce fruit. Amen? And then lastly, the last step in pruning, they call it bringing it in. Somebody say, it's time to bring it on in. It's time to bring it on in. And this is, this is like, and this doesn't really make sense to me, but they cut off about two feet of the branch. So they get rid of the dead stuff. Then they get rid of the water sprouts, the suckers, all the stuff that's keeping it from, from, from being used at its maximum potential of producing the fruit. And then they cut about two feet off of the end of the branch. Because if this branch continues to grow out, it's not going to be able to hold the fruit that it produces in the next fruit-bearing season because it grows out thin and it don't grow out thick and strong. And what happens is if you cut off about two feet of the branch, what happens is it stops growing out and it starts growing inward. Amen? And this is how God has called us to grow in his kingdom. He hasn't called us to grow externally. God's called us to grow internally. God hasn't called us to just grow in our outward acts or activity. God has called us to grow in our inward activity. Amen? But when you go through a pruning season, how many know you're forced to lean on something? Amen? Anytime you go through a pruning season with God, you're going to be leaning on something. You're going to be rubbing up against something. And whatever you lean on in these seasons shows you where you put your trust. You see, some of us go through a pruning season with God and we begin to lean on the pastor. And then we can find out our trust isn't in God, our trust is in the pastor. Some of us lean on a career. And then we find out our trust isn't in God, our trust is in a career. Some of us lean on our intelligence or our gifting. And then we find out our trust is not in God, but it's in our intelligence or our gifting. Are y'all with me tonight? So what are you leaning on during this season? Amen. But yeah, in John 15, Jesus said it, man. He said, listen, he said, hey, either way, you're going to get cut. Amen. Either way, you're going to get cut, whether you ain't producing fruit or whether you are producing fruit. So get ready. Somebody say pain is gain. But there's some requirements during this pruning season, during this time of pain, in order to maximize the growth that God was intending to give us. And number one, the first thing is we have to have an environment that's conducive to growth. Go to Psalms chapter 1 verse 3. We have to have an environment that's conducive to growth. Are you with me tonight? Hallelujah. (laughs) Somebody say thank you, Jesus. I said, huh? In Psalms 1, in verse 3, the Bible says, He will be like a tree. Firmly, can somebody say firmly? Firmly planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season. And its leaf does not wither, and whatever he does, he prospers. I think in some translations, I believe it says they, correct? It says they will be like a tree, right? They will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither, and whatever they do, 
they will prosper. And so as we read the scripture, we sit back and we're like, hmm, okay, I want to be like that person. I want to be they. I want to be he. I want to be she. I want to be the person that the psalmist is talking about in Psalms chapter 1, verse 3. And so we sit back and we say, well, hmm, who is they? Who is he? Who is she? And we begin to ask ourselves, who is that? Because that's where I want to be. Well, let's go back to Psalms verse 1 and let me show you who they are. And the scripture says this, how blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, not stand in the path of sinners, not sit in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is not in sin, is not in scoffing, is not in mocking, is not in the world, is not in carnality, is not in sensuality and pleasures of this world, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. You want to know who this person is? This person in Psalms 1-3 that's blessed and highly favored, that's producing fruit in his season, this person is the person that is mindful of his environment and the people he has around him. Can I get an amen? You see, some of us thinking we're headed for success, except we hanging around all the wrong people. And I know you've heard it before. You want to know where you're going, well, just check the people you're hanging around. Amen? You see, this person is mindful of his environment. And sometimes you got to realize, saints, even when you're in the home, you see, some of us get the mentality of, well, I ain't in the dope house no more. Well, I ain't at the bar no more. Well, I ain't over there with them old friends, them old gangs, them old buddies no more. So we come into the house of God and we find ourselves beginning to click up with people that just ain't no good for our growth in God. Even in the home. We start clicking up with the wrong people. We want to be around the people that ain't going to call us out when we do something that we ain't supposed to do. But we want to be around the people that are going to maybe not tell the leader when they saw us do a little something, something. Maybe not rat on us or tell us, tell on us when they know that we're doing something we ain't supposed to be doing. You see, that environment right there, even within the home, is not conducive for your growth. And this is where you got to go from a spiritual infant into at least a spiritual adolescent and understand like, hey, these people I was hanging out with in 2019 didn't get me nowhere but death and discouragement and fear and failure and hurt. So it's 2020 now. So listen, I got to start hanging out with some new people, some new faces, some new spirits, some people that are speaking the right language, some people that are after Jesus, some people that are really in this thing for the right reasons. Somebody say, I'm going to change my environment come 2020. Come on, somebody. You got to have the right environment. And you got to understand the home, man, the home is it's the, it's perfect for you. But even within the home, you have to hang around the right people. Amen. Amen? You got to change the environment in order to grow. Even the gardener knows that a plant has to have the right environment <laughs> in order to grow and produce fruit. Amen? Do you know... Do you know there are certain plants that grow in the sun, but there's also certain plants that only grow in shade? Huh? There's certain plants that can only grow when they're in direct sunlight, but in certain parts of the world and certain types of plant species only grow in the shade. And so I guess what I'm trying to say is you've got to understand while you're in this walk with God, some people might grow in the sun, 
But some people are going to grow in the shade. And some people, when they're going in the sun, don't understand why the people can stay in the shade and still grow. And they begin to compare their walk with God with their walk with God. And the people that are in the shade start to get confused and mad at the people in the sun. And the people that only grow in the sun start to not understand how these people get to stay in the shade and grow. And then guess what happens? Then they start throwing shade on each other. Amen? Because you've got to understand, each and every one of our walks are tailor-made with God. And so God's going to say, all right, Zechariah. I need you to walk this way, experience this, and do that in order to get you to where I need you to go. But then he looks at Brother Elliot and he says, all right, Brother Elliot, Zach's taking this path and doing this, but I need you to go this way and take a right and do the jig and then keep going. And this is how I need you to grow. You see, one grows in the sun and one grows in the shade, but if you, if you start to lose your focus of Jesus and start to look at your sister or your brother on the left and the right of you and you start to not understand how come he doesn't have to pay what I paid and how come she doesn't have to go through what I went through and how come the pastor talks to him like that but they don't talk to me like that or how come I don't get attention that they get attention because you got to understand you may be looking at somebody that grows in the sun while you're a person that grows in the shade. Amen? So stop throwing shade. Amen. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah. Different walks, different processes, different growths. Amen. But God's got a way of getting each and every one of us to where he needs us. Amen. You know, like in hot tropical rainforests, there's these huge plants. They look beautiful, you know, and the, and the trees, they look, I mean, just crazy looking leaves and all kinds of stuff. But these trees in these jungles, these hot tropical jungles, these trees grow so fast. These trees grow fast, and these trees can even grow overnight. But these trees that have a very short process of growing to their full potential, how many know they have very soft wood? They're real soft. They have very soft bark. And they always fall prey to insects and diseases and they only live for a short period of time. Amen. But if you go to a different region of the world, in the rugged mountains, however, there's trees and there's plants. But the growth of these trees and plants are at a very slow process. It's very slow. And these plants and trees, they have to endure high winds and intense cold. But they grow strong and tough and their bark is hard and they can weather the environment and they can weather the storms. And God places them on the mountaintop. And on the mountaintop, the winds are heavy and the storms are strong. So God's trying to tell you tonight, you may be trying to take the process of a jungle tree, but God's saying, I'm trying to place you on the mountaintop. So your process is a little longer. Your process is a little harder. And the storms that are coming your way are a little stronger, says the Lord. But I'm trying to take you somewhere and place you for my glory. Amen? See, you don't want to be a jungle tree. Amen? You don't want to be no bamboo. No palm tree. You want to be that mountaintop tree. But it's a process to grow into that potential. Amen? So I guess what I'm trying to say is, saints, listen, your environment, it's either helping your growth or it's hindering your growth. 
So you can sit back and ask yourself, is the people that I'm surrounding myself with, are they helping me in my walk with the Lord? Or are they hindering me in my walk with the Lord? Amen? These are things we have to ask ourselves if we want to get real about growing in God. Do you want to grow in God? Amen? One person? Come on, somebody. If I can just get one. Woo! Say, I'll be your one, Zechariah. I'll be your one. If I can just get, there he is. That's right, daddy. Y'all know what a redwood tree is? Them suckers get like 100, 200 feet tall. I mean, them suckers are huge. Like, tall, tall, tall. And you, 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 you look at these redwood trees and you say, man, I bet the roots of them trees go down far. I bet they go down so far. Yeah, you, you, yeah, you smell what I'm stepping in. Amen. But these roots, do you know they only go down five feet in the ground? And that sucker is 100, 200 foot tall. But these redwood trees, they don't grow alone. These redwood trees only grow in, in, in coals with each other. They only grow around all the other trees. And even though their roots don't go down way far, what happens is their roots go down five feet, and then they begin to grow out. And these roots grow out, and they're next to these other redwood trees, and these redwood trees grow out with these roots. And how many know these roots become entwined? And so what God is trying to say, where I'm trying to take you, the growth I'm trying to bring you, you can't do it on your own. In 2020, Victory Life, the growth that I'm bringing, listen, the, the, the few redwoods you had in 2019, it was all right for that growth. But in 2020, I'm trying to bring a harvest. I'm trying to bring a miracle. I'm trying to bring some real growth, a huge harvest. And you're going to have to have more redwoods in place. And the roots are going to have to be planted. And not only planted, but they're going to have to learn to intermingle with each other. Because if these redwoods... Don't put their roots together. How many know there's a lumberjack somewhere waiting to yell timber? Amen. Are you with me, stakes? These redwoods grow tall. And they're huge and they're big and they're glorious, man. They're majestic. Huge, you know, crazy creation from God. But their roots have to grow together. Amen. I was telling the guys, you know, last Friday morning, you know, when I got saved, when I didn't come into a ministry and I didn't plug into a church, you know, I was like a lone commando out there in a war, you know, out there in like, you know, Iraq, out there by myself with a weapon, just surrounded by, you know, the enemy. And I'm just out there by myself and people shooting at me and I'm just like, oh, what am I doing? I'm out here alone. You know, that's not how God intended us to live our Christian walk. God didn't ask us to go out into the enemy lines all alone like a commando thinking we're Rambo. And literally when we know we're just about to get our head knocked off by the devil. Because God didn't call us to be like an island. The Bible says no man should be into like an island. But how many know God has called us to plug ourselves in to a body in order to spread our roots out with other believers and to grow into the potential that he has for us. Amen. Even when the guys come in the home and through the women's home, we tell them, listen, if you plan on leaving after your year, you have to, you have to go get plugged into a local body or a church. You got to go get plugged in somewhere. 
Because basically, if you come into the home and you receive Jesus, you receive this discipleship, and then your year's up and you're like, all right, now I'm going to go back to the same old people, the same old places, and the same old thing, and I'm not going to plug myself into a local body of Christ. Guess what? That's insanity. Turn to your neighbor and say, hey. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, hey. That's stupid. Amen? That's like going to the doctor. The doctor gives you a script. You go in, you get it filled, you take the first week, and then you don't take it the rest of your life. And then wonder why the symptoms start coming back up. Amen? But we got to be like the redwood trees, growing together. We got to watch our environment, watch the people around us. We have to watch the voices that we allow in our life. Amen? It's a very serious thing, the voices you allow in your wife, your, your life. I'm serious. You know what I'm saying? Especially when you got problems, especially when you're broken. Because the enemy would love more than anything to give you, you know, his counsel rather than God's counsel. Are you with me? And that's why it chips me out. Like when people come into the church or people come into the homes and they come in broken and they need counsel and they need help and they need guidance, they need direction, and they come to their pastors and their leaders and seasoned Christians and walk this thing out. But then as they kind of grow along and they get farther in the walk, they don't no longer go to them. Then they start going to other people. They start going to other people who, who you know, maybe not going to give them the right counsel. Maybe just tell them what they want to hear. And then they wonder why they find these problems again in their life. Amen or oh me. I don't know who I'm talking to. I'm talking to somebody. Amen. Hey, I'm just here as a messenger, brother. Amen. You don't shoot me. Don't shoot the messenger. But, you know, and that brings me to my next point. You know, we have to watch our intake. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. We have to watch our intake. And the word of God reads, Amen. this is the Apostle Paul to the church of Philippi, and he says, finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there's any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, you need to dwell on these things. You need to meditate on these things. I used to tell the guys I have a teaching that you, you take these thoughts that come in your mind and you need to sift them. You know what a sifter is? Amen. Like you're out in the, you know, the, the old days and you're looking for gold and you got your little sifter. And you're just scooping up all these rocks and you're sifting them. So all the stuff that ain't gold falls down and so the gold rocks will stay. Well, it's the same way in our mind. When these thoughts come in our mind, we take Philippians 4.8 and Philippians 4.8 is our sifter. And when a thought comes in my mind, we say, okay, is this thought true? Is this thought honorable? Is this thought Right? Is it pure? Is it lovely? Is it good repute? Is it excellent? Is it worthy of praise? And if it's not, we take it and we place it over here and we say, that's not God. That's not God. And we begin to sift these thoughts in our mind. Amen? Because the devil would love more than anything to get you to bounce on anything, any old thought that comes through your mind. Amen? Because how many know this is the devil's playground? And an idle mind is the devil's playground. Amen? That's why we have to be like Pastor was saying this morning. We have to be feeding ourselves these promises. 
not just putting it on our Facebook. We have to be reading these promises. We have to be meditating on these promises. We have to be putting our nose in this book and really digging in and, and, and feeding on these promises and meditating on them and reading them and digging in them on and just consuming. And, and, and that's our intake is we're intaking the word of God. Amen. Because, you know, you've heard this saying before. Everything starts with a thought. You know, a thought becomes a word or an action. And a word or an action becomes a habit. A habit becomes your character. And how many know your character becomes your destiny? And that's why in Proverbs 4.23, the writer of Proverbs says, Above all else, brothers and sisters, you need to guard your heart. Because from it, you know, the, the rivers of life, that's where they flow. You need to guard your heart above all else. And so you need to ask yourself, what are you allowing into your life? You know, and you, you come to church once a week or maybe twice a week. And, and you, you allow the word of God to go in. But then every other day of the week, you're just letting trash go in. You're just letting garbage go into your spirit. You're just watching garbage and listening to garbage and, and listening to gossip and, and watching the wrong things. And like Pastor was saying, watching all the news and everything bad going on. You're letting all this stuff go in, go in, go in. And what you're doing is you're giving all this material, you're giving all this fuel to go up to your mind. And it's allowing the devil to have these avenues to begin to twist information and twist truths and twist things in your mind to get you to abide on it so he can begin to have power over you in your life. That was a lot, man. I had to take a breath. Amen. That's why we have to guard our heart. We've got to watch what goes in here. This is sacred. How many know our body is a temple? A temple of the Holy Spirit. And the eyes are the window to the soul, brothers and sisters. And so we have to make sure that what we're watching is not contrary or counterproductive to our growth in God. What we're listening to. Amen? What we're listening to. What we're partaking in. Amen. That's why, that's why, man, I didn't understand. You, you, you know, you ask Zechariah, Zechariah, what's your Facebook? Well, I don't have a Facebook. Oh, man, I know. Whoa. Like, my wife and me, we have a joint Facebook, but I literally, I don't even have it on my phone. I don't ever check it. And, like, if somebody hits us up on there, she'll be like, hey, somebody hit us up. I don't use Facebook. You don't know why I don't use Facebook? It's because I, I couldn't handle all the things that I was seeing on Facebook, and I didn't want that stuff coming into my life, coming into my spirit. Because, you know, at the time, you know, when I had Facebook, all I had was these old drug buddies, these old friends living in sin, these old atheist buddies, you know, ranting and raving about Jesus not being real, just all this negativity, all this trash, all this carnality. And even though I, I wasn't, you know, just uh, hanging out with them, they had an avenue to feed me to get this stuff into my spirit by Facebook. And so guess what? As a seasoned Christian, I had to cut out Facebook out of my life. Amen or oh me. And see, some of us, we allow these relationships and these people that are counterproductive to our walk with God, we give them access to speak into our life. And it's counterproductive for where we're trying to go. Amen? How many know Jesus said, you've got to deny yourself if you're going to pick up your cross and follow me? You see, a lot of us wish we could take one hand with Jesus and then take one hand on everybody in our former life. And how many know it don't work like that? How many know God's going to ask you to let go of some things? He's going to ask you to let go of some people. He's going he's to prune some things out of your life. He's going to prune some relationships. And in the right time, under the right circumstance, how many know he can bless it back together? He can put it back together. Amen? I'm just going on. I don't even know what I'm talking about, man. <laughs> so what are you allowing into your life? Somebody say garbage in. Come on, say garbage in. Garbage, garbage out. Garbage out. Garbage out. 
Garbage in? Garbage out. Word of God in? Word of God out. Word of God in? Word of God out. Come on, somebody. Whatever you take in is what you're going to produce. Teach. But a good, you know, a plant, a plant has to have these simple things to grow. It's got to have good soil. It's got to have water. It's got to have sunlight. And it's got to have oxygen. And did you know in the, in the scriptures, in the word of God, every one of these things, you know, is, is, has a parable or can be likened to God or the Holy Spirit or Jesus. So basically, in order for us to grow, obviously, we have to be in Jesus. Amen? Amen. We have to be in Jesus. And so I want to ask you tonight, do you just want to drift on in your life? Do you just want to be a drifter? Just waking up every day and doing the same thing, going to sleep, doing it all over again, just drifting with no purpose, with no fulfillment? That's why I'm so blessed, man, that God brought me here to Victory Life because I found purpose in Him. I found purpose in serving Him. I found purpose in doing ministry and, 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 and doing something besides just for Zechariah but, but helping further His kingdom. There's purpose in it. Or instead of drifting, do you want to intentionally direct your life, your marriage, and your future into a certain direction? Do you want your life going into a certain direction? Do you want it going forward? Well, then we have to constantly evaluate our environment, our intake, and we have to constantly ask ourselves, are we still growing in God? Amen? You know, God told his people, did he not, Elliot? God told his people that he was taking them into a land of what? Milk and honey. Come on, somebody. Have you ever thought about that? God has taken his people into a land of milk and honey, right? And so as these people come into the land, do you think when they come into the land, there was just buckets of milk and just buckets of honey everywhere? Huh? No. Do you know what there was, though? There was cows and there was beehives. Because a lot of people think when they come into the promised land, that everything's just going to be given to them. But the reality is, when God brings you into your promised land, He's not just going to give you a bucket of milk. He's going to give you an empty bucket and give you a cow to go get the milk. Amen? Amen. <coughs> How many know God takes you into your promised land and He still requires you to go get it? Amen. He still requires you to work. Amen? And you got to understand, God has these blessings for us. God has these promises for us. God has this land for us. But you got to put up with the stank of the cow doo-doo. And you might get stung by a bee or two in the midst of this. Amen? Have you ever thought about that? I never thought about that till today. Did I always read how he's taking us into a land of milk and honey? But then I thought, like, well, how do they get the milk and honey? How many know they got to work for it? Amen? God wants to bring us into this promised land. And so number three, you got to understand pain is gain. Pain is gain. Come on, somebody. Come on. Romans chapter 5, verse 3. Romans chapter 5, verse 3. I'm almost done. Man. <coughs> Romans 5, verses 3 and 5. And the Word of God reads... And not only this, but we also exult in our tribulations. We're going to verse 5. Knowing that tribulations bring about perseverance. And perseverance, proven character. And proven character, hope. 
And hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has given it to us. Amen? Amen. So these things we go through, it's not to hurt us, but it's to bring us through these things to produce a perseverance within us <coughs> to create a character. Are you with me today? So growth often means pain, and, and you've got to understand growth without pain is like an oxymoron. And we as Christians, especially, and, you know, we as humans, we're creatures of habit. We're creatures of habit. And when things begin to change, how many know it begins to irritate us? It begins to kind of make us grumpy, make us mad. And irritation is coming because something's coming between you and your comfort. Between you and how things have been and how you wish they could stay. But how many know you're not going to grow if things stay that way? Amen? Amen? And so irritation comes in. It's like this. Everybody want the men home to fill up, right? Amen? Amen. Everybody say, oh, the men's home's going to blow up. We're going out to the streets. We're reaching souls. Man, God's going to bring the men in. He's bringing souls in. But then when the men's home does fill up, Ain't nobody want to hit the floor. Huh? Everybody talks about we want this growth and we want this blessing. But when the cows come in and when the bees show up, ain't nobody want to go milk the cow and ain't nobody want to go get the honey out the hive. We want the women's home to blow up, but when we get so many girls that somebody's got to give their bed up, oh, no. <laughs> They finna be a, a cat fight on 15990 State Highway 64. But we talk about growth and we can talk about blessing. But how many know pain is gain? We say we want a disciple, but the first time Zachariah puts somebody on our team that ain't gonna do what we wish they could do and we have to actually work and disciple them and to produce something in them, how many know we get frustrated? Oh, man, Zach's setting us up again, man. He's doing it again, man. He's, he's, I know he's doing it again. But we say we want to disciple. We say we want to teach. We say we want to mend. We want to help. We want to do ministry. Somebody say pain is gain. Oh, yeah. We say we want a husband. We say we want to get married. But then when Mother Heather comes in, she says, I need you to do this load of laundry. I need you to clean this kitchen. I need you to get the meal ready for the children. And then we start to trip. I can't do this. They made me wake up at 6 a.m. and cook for the women. Now you want me to cook for the children. I can't do all this. But we over here hooping and hollering talking about, I want a man. Somebody say pain is gain. Yeah. We say we want a family. We say we want our kids back, but how many know when God puts us through a little trial and he says, I want you to go get it. I want you to knuckle up and go get it, and I know it hurts. I want you to go forward. I want you to go produce. We say, oh, oh we fold up. I ain't trying to do all that. But yet, yeah, we're ready to go out and, and provide for ourselves, a wife, and children, and do all this that a man's supposed to do. Pain is gain. Amen? Amen or oh me. There cannot be growth without change. You know what I'm saying? See, that trips me out, man. Like if you've been here past, you know, uh, three weeks, three weeks maybe in a month, you know, you'll have everybody speaking the same language in the men's home. 
oh man, we're going to bring souls in. We're going to reach souls. We want men to come in. We want to save the next chance. We want to save the next Daniel. Save the next Jeremy. We want to save the next friend. We want to go help the next heroin addict. But as soon as we get 50 guys and two people got to give their bed up. Now we forget why we even here. I don't even know why I want to be here, man. Man, they, they, I'm out on route and they call me, telling me this stupid crap, man. Got to get my bed up when I get home, man. I'm tired of this stupid crap, man. I'm going to get a job. Be looking for a job and you end up like Job. Hello. Somebody say pain is gain. Amen. I'm telling you, God, dude, God, God is taking us there. He's, it's almost like he's forcing us to go there. Are you with me? It's like he's, like I said earlier, nudging us. He's, he's nudging us in that direction. He's forcing us to go deeper. He's forcing us to come together. He's, he's putting us in position to bring in the harvest, to bring in the growth. That's what he's doing. Amen. So you got to understand, and you got to you got to understand that, that, that we're going to have growing pains. There's going to be growing pains, and I wish more of the older guys were here so they could, you know, not trip out later when they have growing pains. You know, they could at least know what's going on. There's growing pains. You know what I'm saying? And you can't ever forget, man. This is a discipleship home. Our church, Victor Life Maybank, Victor Life Ben Wheeler, we, we focus on not only just preaching the gospel but also making disciples. You see, Christianity is a two-sided coin. And on one side is the preaching of the gospel and salvation. But how many know if you flip that coin on the other side is discipleship? And a lot of churches today in America, they only focus on one half of the coin. <coughs> Amen? You see, salvation is just the beginning point, brothers and sisters. God didn't call you just to get saved. God called you to get saved and begin to walk out what he's called you to walk out. To begin to pursue him and to come after him. Amen? Amen? Anybody can start a race. <laughs> Are you with me? Anybody can say they're going to run a 10K next Tuesday morning. Oh, I'll run it. Yeah, I'll start it. They run about 100 meters and they tap and out. Anybody can start a race, but can you finish it? Amen? Anybody can come back to the home talking about, oh, they're, they're going to do it right this time. They're giving it their all. They're answering the call of God. They're going all forward. Anybody can do that. But can you put your feet in the ground, stay planted, and let God grow you, sculpt you, develop you, and go forward further in his kingdom? Amen. Amen? You see, we can all bump our gums. We can all talk about it. But pain is gain. Amen? And there cannot be any growth without change. You know, it's like I took my wife to work out, you know, uh, I think like last week for the first time uh, you know, I bought her a gym membership for, for Christmas, and uh, I had her in there working out, and I was showing her how to work out, and, you know, she, for whatever reason, she don't like working her out around me, so I would go in one part of the gym, and I'd say, all right, honey, you need to do this, and you need to do lunges, and do this machine, and so then I'd walk away and give her privacy so she could work out, and, uh, you know, she's working out, da-da-da, whatever, whatever, she's like, oh, that wasn't so bad, and how many of you know, <laughs> who in here has ever done a leg day? Raise your hand. So, you, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. How many of you know that next day, that next day, she got up out the bed talking about, is that right? 
<laughs> it hurts. <laughs> and I used to always come home. I'd be sore. I'd, you know, I work my chest out, my back and stuff, and I'd be sore in whatever I worked out. And she'd mess with me and poke it, poke it, or whatever. And I'd say, "Quit! I'm sore." And she wouldn't have no sympathy. And how many know that morning when she was, she was like, "I finally get it now." <laughs> She's like, "I'm gonna stop messing with you." She could barely walk, barely move around. Worked out them legs. But how many know what I told her? I said, well, honey, that's good. The reason it's sore, the reason it hurts is because you worked it, you stretched it, and now it's going to grow back stronger. Amen. Amen? And that's what God does with some of us. He puts us in a position, works us, stretches us, puts us in some pain, <laughs> some trials. And we walk away sore, and we walk away hurting. And we walk away, you know, with a little bit of unbelief and a little bit of doubt. And, and, and it's hard. And how many know that's good? That's because God's working your faith. God's stretching your faith. God's growing you in his, in his will. God's changing you. God's sculpting you. God's developing you. Amen? So somebody say hallelujah for leg day. Amen? When growing pains come, how we respond matters. You can come up, sister. When growing pains come, how we respond matters. Because if we respond the right way with solutions and not complaining, we prepare ourselves for future growth and we give ourselves opportunities to point people to Jesus. And if you're growing, saints, there should be positive change in your life. Amen? If you're growing, there should be positive change in your life. Amen? No pain, no gain. That's what, my, that's, what my, that's what my football coach used to say. No pain, no gain, boss. Just got the breath knocked out of me getting back up. No pain, no gain. It's like, I don't know how I'm growing from this, but okay. No pain, no gain. And I believe if Jesus was a coach, that's what he'd be telling us right now as a body. Victory life, no pain, no gain. No pain, no gain. Harvest coming. We got to get in position. We got to strengthen the stakes, strengthen ourselves. All be on the same page, working together. Amen. I mean, if you sit and think about it, man, for like a men's home, running out of beds, if that's the worst problem we're dealing with in the week, then we should be praising God. We shouldn't be complaining. Amen. so many families getting restored that we're running out of seats in the church if that's the worst problem we're dealing with on a Sunday morning then we shouldn't be complaining we should be praising God amen if our schedule is so filled up going to gender reveal parties and, and all this because there's so many babies being born and being produced in our church and our ministries and that's that's the worst problem we're dealing with we should be uh, praising God we shouldn't be complaining with this growth comes pain. Growth always brings pain with it. If you don't believe me, next pregnant girl you see in nine, nine months, eight and a half months, ask her how she's feeling. Amen? I don't know who's in more pain, my wife eight and a half months or me. Amen? Waddling around. Because when something new is being born, when some growth is coming, when life's coming, there's pain right before it. Amen. <laughs>
God communicated it to me. <laughs> the altar's open if you want to come hit your knees, man. If you just want to come hit your knees and, and, and ask God to reveal anything in your life to you. 